want to welcome our Facebook uh, live audience. We welcome you. Let's give a clap, praise to the Lord for them. Thank God. So we welcome you. <clears throat> and uh, this is our first Sunday back. Great to see you all. And you're looking good. You're looking good. Some of you have been out in the sun. and uh, So, well, God is, God is good. God is good. I, you know, I just need to thank... Um, I need to thank some people here. I want to thank all of the staff. They worked really hard. Uh, Katie with the kids and editing and Kim with the youth and the Zoom meetings and uh, uh, Curtis doing a tremendous job uh, with the editing and the video and Jessica Witt, boy, rock star with the announcements. Can we just give them a thank you? Thank you. You know, even my wife, too, and all the background that she's done and a lot of stuff that happens behind the scenes that you just don't think about, she's doing and she's working on it either real early or real late. And so uh, we, you know, had church. We transitioned like many churches. And uh, so I, I didn't know that there was a whole community out there that are interested in our church. Uh, hundreds of people. That was exciting. And so we're looking at uh, doing some, some upgrades here to, to better minister to that. And, but uh, it's, been, it's, been a, it's been a journey, and we're not totally out of it. But you know what? Our God is a good God. Amen. And he's faithful. And once again, thank you for your faithfulness in giving. You can just talk to Julie to verify this. Giving is up. I mean, I, I keep going, uh, well, Julie, uh, you sure about that? <laughs> <clears throat> That's a testimony. It really is. And it's, it hadn't been that way in, in a lot of churches, a lot of churches. And so, you know what? We live in a blessed community. We really are. We're not at the epic center, you know, and we know the realization of, of what has been happening and, and then even, even in this past week. And so, uh, but before I go on, I just want to pray. I just want to pray and ask for God's uh, wisdom here and to share the word of God. And ask God to, to, to speak through me, to give to you uh, what is in his heart, which I believe. So, Father, I humble myself before you, and I thank you for this time. <clears throat> Lord, we've done uh, what we needed to do, and we felt we needed to do these last 10 weeks to continue the message of your word, that the gospel go forth. And, Lord, here we are again in person, and we, we, we revere this moment, Lord. We we know what it's like to, to, to have want to be without. And, and Lord, now being back in your presence is precious. And so I pray a special blessing on each of your people and, and those watching by Facebook that you would just come in, into their living rooms or wherever they may be and, and your presence just, uh, just overwhelm them today. We ask this in Jesus' mighty name and all God's people said, Amen. 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 <clears throat> so... I want to talk to you, uh, uh, just starting, uh, today is Pentecost Sunday. And we all, most of us remember dear sister Arlene. Arlene was one of those icons that she passed away soon after we came back uh, from Sri Lanka. Uh, and a, a week later, she moved to heaven. I think she was 91. Uh, thank you. And uh, <clears throat> she would always say to me, 
Pastor Mike, she'd be pointing a finger, remember Pentecost Sunday. And we would teach on it and share on it. And, and Arlene was one of those dear saints that her crown in heaven is probably going to be the size of Jupiter. How many know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's like, <clears throat> like, can I, you know, my beggar's clothes, I'll go, can I, Lord, visit Arlene? You know, <clears throat> she's one of those ladies. I mean, I just, I always remember her, the dear sister Arlene. But her heart was dear and she loved Israel. But she always said, remember Pentecost, Pentecost Sunday. You know, the church was birthed on Pentecost. And I'll talk about that a little bit and then something I want to get into. But I want to talk to you about abiding. This is the first week in our series. I don't know how long we'll go for, but um, <clears throat> we're just going to continue on. And, and I'm talking about the subtitle, An Invitation to Abide. Romans chapter 5, verse 2. Romans 5, 2. By whom also you have access. Somebody shout access. access. By faith into this grace wherein we stand. Grace where we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. There's a whole message right in there. But that word access actually means admission in the Greek. And uh, how many of you know that if you get a new software program or whatever for your computer or if you get a new phone and you have to log in, there's usually a security key. How many know what I'm talking about? And, and so that gives you access, access. And the Bible says, watch this, that we have access through faith into all of his grace. Somebody shout faith. It takes faith to access the grace. I'm going somewhere here. And so, you know, we talk about Pentecost Sunday uh, and, and how the Spirit uh, was poured out on those new believers uh, uh, in the upper room. And, and how many know that the, the, the baptism, I believe the baptism of the Holy Spirit, it's a free gift. It's a free gift. Uh, we don't push that on people. We just say, hey, you know what? Like I, I share this uh, illustration every time about the military, that uh, when I was in the Marine Corps, every armament they gave me, I didn't say, you know what? That pistol is too heavy. I'm just going to carry my rifle. I took everything they gave me. How many hear what I'm saying? You know, you might need this first aid kit. I, let me take. And so I may have been weighed down, but in need, I had what I needed. And that's how I look at the baptism. It's, 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 it's a tool. It's a, it's a weapon, a spiritual weapon. And, and, and so uh, uh, just leave it at that. So the baptism of the Holy Spirit is a free gift, but it takes faith to access the free gift. So all of God's promises, it takes faith. Tell me, shall faith. And I've said this before, that God is not a mind. He's a spirit. And a lot of times we try to mental assent to the things of God, but God is a spirit. Did you get that? And it takes faith. <clears throat> Acts chapter 2, this, uh, verse 17. 217, and it is written, it shall come to pass in the last day, says God. And, and some people believe, you know, this is it. This is it. We're in the last days. But, you know, I just told someone recently, and they were telling me that, and from another state called in and was ministering to them. And, and I said, well, you know, there's 7 billion people on this planet, and close to maybe half have heard the gospel. What about those almost 3 more billion people that have not even heard the gospel? Uh, how many know Jesus loves them? And there's work to be done. Amen? Could he come today? He could come today. We'd be ready. Amen? Are you ready? But, you know, we got to live our lives that we're occupying. Come on. We'll occupy, you know, and, and not just kind of have a mindset we want to escape. Amen? Some of us would like, Jesus, come right now. would be really good. But amen. <laughs> so God says he's going to pour out his spirit 
on all flesh, on all flesh. And uh, <clears throat> uh, just a little background, we know Pentecost Sunday marks the end of the Easter season in the Christian calendar. It celebrates the descent of the Holy Spirit on the apostles and the early believers. It wasn't just the 12, it was 120 in the upper room. Uh, Pentecost actually means 50 or 50th, and so that, that it's 50 days after the resurrection. We celebrate Easter. And so uh, what is Pentecost? Once again, it is the birth of the church. And, you know, here's the thing. This virus... These, this, this violent, uh, uh, these, these riots that are going out, this tragedy, and uh, they, they cannot stop the kingdom of God. Okay, the kingdom of God will continue on. It's a little bit challenging for me to preach here because I would preach and nobody would be here. <laughs> and I, I know I'm like, you're saying amen to some stuff, and I'm thinking, wow, there's someone here. <laughs> amen. Yeah. So good to hear, man. So good to hear. Just, it was empty. It was empty. My wife. She would amen me while, once a while. Or she would go, cut it off. No. She's a blessing. The birth of the church. The gates of hell will not stop God's church. You know, at times it may seem like things are slowing down. At times it may seem like it may, you know, draw, you know, draw them back a little bit. But no, the gates of hell. How many know gates are a defensive position? It's not an offense. And that's how the enemy, it's, the gates of hell will not stop the church from prevailing. Can you say amen? And so, so it's, it's, it's a holiday that uh, believers, we celebrate uh, uh, and commemorate the coming of the Holy Spirit. And, and uh, <clears throat> you know, six weeks after Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. And, and here's the thing I think is interesting. There was really, watch this, no movement, no ground taken. Jesus died. He rose from the dead. Come on, somebody, 50 days later, the disciples really didn't do much of anything but hid. You could say that they were in quarantine. Nothing was moving forward. They were in a holy huddle. They were locked up. We all know what that feels like. But the spirit came. It brought freedom and liberty, and they went out into the streets. And they begin to prophesy and they begin to speak of the goodness of God. And so uh, nothing really happened until the, the, the Spirit descended there on those new believers. And so Pentecost is the church's birthday. And, and today's service, you could uh, say this is the, the, a rebirth 2.0 of the church. Amen. You know, never in, I, I can remember in history that globally, the I mean, we're in contact with people overseas in, in some of these nations, they're shut down. Like, they can't even get in their tri-shot. The police come out and beat them in Sri Lanka if they go travel somewhere without having legitimate reason. This is across the globe. And, you know, it's just amazing what has happened. Hebrews 10.25, <clears throat> just an encouraging verse here. Hebrews 10.25, this is something that's been on my heart since this all happened. Let us not neglect our meeting together. Hey, we adjusted. It was important that we adjust, amen? Let us not neglect meeting together. Some people do, but encourage one another. How many know we need to encourage one another? 
especially now that David's return is drawing near. How many of you know that we're a lot more closer today than we were 10, 12 weeks ago? Amen? We don't know when. We don't know when that is, but, but we want to continue to meet together. That is something that no laws, you know, no governor, no, no president, no, no nation can just say church just don't need, need to meet no more. Amen? Amen? All right, so there's a time and there's a season and we use wisdom and, and love for our brothers and, and that's important, but we felt it's time. That's why we're meeting today and moving on. Amen? And so, but the Bible says let's neglect our meeting together. And for even some, my prayer have been today that there would be just this tremendous hunger that we would never go back, hear me, to the carnality, possibly, the passivity, come on, somebody, the indifference, maybe, of church. When something is taken from you that you maybe have held in, in, in dearness and close to your heart, how many know that, that that can be a, have a negative effect in your life? So now we are hungry. We are full. Amen? Coming back, coming back. And so let me just, I have some, some good news and some bad news, and I'm going to land on the good news. Is that all right? But I want to just share some, just some obvious things that it's, you know, for all of us, we, 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 know, we know what I'm about to share. We know about it. We've heard it. There's so much out there. You know, we, we've been in lockdown, the whole world. And, and, and some of this is, is this bad news, you know. Uh, there's been predictions that the church as we knew it is, is forever changed. You know, they call it a black swan. And it, surely it is what has happened. A, a black swan is like 9-11. How many remember where you were at at 9-11? Come on. Uh, how many remember where you were at when the 2008 crisis hit? And what happened? And some of you, that hit you heavy. You lost a lot. It, it, was, a, it was a marking time in your life. This will go down in history as a time like that. But we will come through it. You know, not without maybe changes and things that we need to implement. And, and you know, how many know you can't go to the airport now like you used to before 9-11? It's different. It's different. So things change, and, and we understand that, and we adjust. We adjust. But, you know, the effects of this global isolation, it's amazing what's happened and why God has told his people to come together. There's something that super, something supernatural happens when God's people come together. Can you say Amen. CBS News had a May article predicted that 75 plus thousand deaths of despair, suicide, drug and alcohol abuse happened over these few months. Can you imagine that? That is just horrible. We've got this tragedy. It's, it's in, people are just convinced. You see in this terrible video about Mr. George Floyd's murder Monday by this Minneapolis police officer. It's just a tragedy. I'm just I'm angered about it. Angered about it. But but it's it's now moved into bedlam. It's into chaos. And we just see another rearing head of Satan in destruction, rioting, and and actually total anarchy. It, it's beyond that. And, and and so we need to pray against that. And then pastors have been praying and that that healing comes to our land. I believe it's the darkest coming to the darkest hour, but dawn is coming. And Satan knows that. You know, it says this, that if he would have known, all you, those of you out there on Facebook land, somebody needs to say amen. If, they, if he would have known what was going to happen, he wouldn't have crucified Christ. Amen. That's what the Bible says. If he would have known, and see, I think we're at that moment now. If we would have known what he's doing, trying to mean evil for our generation and destruction, it's going to turn around for good. It's going to turn around for good and much souls to be saved in the kingdom of God. Some other tragic things is all the, the, the statistics of just sexual abuse from the National Sexual Assault Hotline. And uh, by the end of March, 22% 
up increase in monthly calls and most of them minors and it's horrible. And some in some cities, U.S. cities, more people have died from homicide, just the, the anger from more than the virus itself in Kansas City and Michigan. And, and, and I've even read how social isolation and distancing induced a lot of anxiety in many citizens of different countries. And you know, I heard one story of a man in India, he got, got the virus and he jumped off a, a seven-story building of a hospital and committed suicide. And there are stories like this all across our nation and our hearts just ache over it. They ache over it. You know, not being able to publicly meet and to gather has it affected all of our lives, has it not? All of our lives deeply, deeply, whether it's just frustration or, you know, actually we know someone that is just actually suffering with this or caretaking for the elderly. How many with me say amen? And I just want to say with all that, I miss the corporate presence of God. I miss the corporate presence of God. Turn on your Bibles to Luke chapter 24. I'm just going to begin to dive into this, and then we'll pray here in a moment. But Luke 24, I'm going to talk to you about this invitation to abide. And I'm going to talk to you a story about the road to Emmaus in Luke 24. Some interesting things I begin to think about that and to think about the season that we're in and, and, and that we're coming out of and even what we're faced with. Uh, I have the, the, the verses here. I'm just going to read them to set up this, this series, Luke 24. Jesus, after the resurrection, watch this, he appears to his disciples. Somebody shout disciples. So he's talking to Christians, to believers, those are those that love him, okay? They love him, and they're, 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 they, wanted, they wanted the outcome to be different. And so Jesus shows up, and he appears to his disciples on the road to Amazing, verse 13. On the same day, two of Jesus' disciples were going. Jesus' disciples, all right? Once you get that. Going to a village called Emmaus. It was about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking to each other about everything that had happened. While they were talking, Jesus approached them and began walking with them. I just kind of like it. So in other words, he shows up unannounced. He didn't show, hey, I'm Jesus. He just shows up and starts talking with them. And Jesus approached him and began talking with them. And although they saw him, they didn't recognize him. My brothers and sisters, how many times in my life that Jesus has shown up and we didn't recognize him? Come on. We didn't recognize him. Even in the moment, we begin to think of our situation. What's going on? What about us? And we don't recognize him in our midst. Then verse 17, he asked them, what are you discussing? They stopped and looked very sad. One of them, Cleopas, replied, it's almost sarcastic. They're talking to Jesus now. Are you the only one in Jerusalem who doesn't know what has happened recently? It'd be like me showing up here, and, and, and I just came from another planet. And it's like, hey, everybody, how's it going? And I have no idea what's been taking place for the last you know, three months. You'd be thinking, this guy's an idiot. You know, <laughs> where have you been? That's kind of how they treated Jesus. How many know Jesus knew exactly what was going on? <clears throat> and he said, and on top of that, he goes in verse 19, what happened? <laughs> That's just like our Lord. He's above it all. Amen. He's above all of our concerns and our fears. He's higher than it all. Amen. What, what, what happened? It's no big deal to him. And, and so they said to him, we were discussing about what happened to Jesus from Nazareth. He was a powerful prophet and what he did and said in the sight of God and all the people, our chief priests and rulers had him condemned to death and crucified. Verse 21, we were hoping that he was the one who would free Israel. What's more, this is now the third day since everything happened. 
Some of the women from our group startled us. They went to the tomb early this morning and didn't find his body, they told us. So they're talking all this to Jesus. He gets all of it. He knows what happened because he just came from it. Some of our men went to the tomb and found it empty. And the woman said, but they didn't see him. Then Jesus said to them, I love you, my disciples. You're so precious. That's not what he said. How foolish are you? Come on, somebody. That's our Lord. <laughs> I just find it amazing. How foolish are you? He starts in like, if someone would have said that when I'm walking and I'm strange, I'm like, well, who are you? you know, what's up with you? you know, what's with this attitude? And so he says, how foolish are you? You're so slow to believe everything. In other words, you're dumb. That's kind of how I take it. <laughs> this is Jesus speaking to Christians. Didn't the Messiah have to suffer these things and enter into his glory? Then he began with Moses' teaching and the prophets to explain to them what is said about throughout the scriptures, verse 28. When they came near the village where they were going, this got to get this too. Jesus acted as if he was going farther. Hmm. They urged him, stay with us. It's getting late and the day is almost over. So he went and stayed with them. While he was at the table with them, he took bread and blessed it. He broke it. We're going to receive communion next week. He broke bread and gave it to them. Then it says their eyes were open. Something powerful happens when we receive communion, my brothers and sisters. Our eyes can see where we've maybe been deceived or, uh, you know, haven't seen full recognition. Communion is a powerful weapon for us today. Can you say amen? He said their eyes were open. They recognized him, and then he vanished. He didn't say, well, it's time to go and leave. He disappeared in their midst. How many you know, that would be an Instagram post right there. Come on, somebody. You know, <clears throat> that would hit a million. <clears throat> Where'd he go? He was with. He's gone. Verse 32, they said to each other, weren't we excited? Get this. Weren't we excited when he talked with us on the road and he opened up the meaning of scriptures to us? That tells us that when the word of God is preached, hear me, even if the guy is dead, dry, and plucked up like a desert. Come on. There's no life in the guy, and he just reads it. Uh, it I remember there's an actual testimony of healing of a preacher that actually lost his voice. It was a certain denomination, and he was a pretty stoic, non-emotion, never left the pulpit, just very articulate. And he lost his voice for three years. Some of you know this testimony. And I actually listened to the audio version of well. After three years, he was reading. They would have to have a microphone up to his throat. And they would have it on actually here. Because he, he, couldn't, he couldn't, hardly, nothing would come out. He could barely hear him speaking. And he lost it. He didn't know why. There was no medical reason. They didn't understand. And he had a, he had a crowd of 400 people in this denomination. He was just sharing. He was just reading the scripture in the Old Testament, how God is a healer. And while he starts reading it, it's amazing. He's, his voice comes into clarity, and he starts to shake. People start crying inside because they knew this minister. And he lost his voice. I mean, you lose your voice, you think it's done, you know? And his voice came back to him, and he says, I don't know what's happening. You hear it getting louder and louder, and it totally came back. Never, never happened to him again. And he preaches the gospel. Wow. Hallelujah. But, but it, we were excited when he talked to us on the road and opened up the meaning of scriptures. There's something powerful when verses in scriptures are spoken corporately. You need to know that. 
Something is happening. And so it says in verse 33, that same hour they went back to Jerusalem. They found the 11 apostles and those who were with them gathered together. They were saying, the Lord has really come back to life. He has appeared to Simon. And the two disciples told what had happened on the road and how they had recognized Jesus when he broke bread. Something powerful there. How many with me say amen? And so these disciples, they had three years with Jesus. They saw the miracles. They didn't recognize him when he comes walking by their side. They saw the beating. They saw the crucifixion. They saw the death. They saw the tomb. And, and, and they didn't recognize it. And then they see this guy. And it's Jesus. And the miracle happens. And so they, 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 were, they were disappointed. They were distracted. Hear me. They were confused. And they were going back to business as usual. My brothers and sisters, I have a word this morning for you. God has not called us to go back to business as usual. Things have changed and need to change and continue to change for the good in our lives. I'll share about that in a moment. As they walked along, Jesus, we hear, he expounded the scriptures. But here's what I want you to get here today. And possibly I'll end with this here. Luke 24, 29. Watch this. He says, abide. Somebody shout abide. abide. Jesus didn't say that. They did. Jesus was about to continue on, was he not? We read that verse. And so Jesus, let me just stick with my notes here. The word abide actually means to remain. So they said this, was that our hearts were stirred. We got a good preaching on a Sunday morning. You know, we're excited we could be back, amen. You know, can't high five, but you know, that'll come to in some day, I'll give hugs. But you know, we're excited and we laugh. But, but the, so, so, you know, they asked the Lord, watch this, to abide with them, not just be a guest. How many know what a guest is? Come on. Yeah, 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 amen. <laughs> abide with us. What is that? It's an invitation. And I really feel the Spirit of God is, is, is saying, I, listen, I'm going on to bigger and better things. I have more and greater things for you. If you just want me, come on as a guest. I'll talk with you. We can talk about present crisis and circumstances. But I want to abide with my people. I want to be with my people. I don't want to just be a guest. I want to be in their life. I want to, and it's going to take passion and hunger. Hear me. In our hearts, church. Passion and hunger in our hearts to draw near to God. How's your hunger? Come on, stand with me if you would, please. I feel this is the point we need to conclude. Abide. Abide with us. So it's toward evening. And you know what? And he said, okay, I'll come. And in that abiding, there was something that was inside them that said our hearts were stirred. Yeah, we're talking about the present crisis and what's going on, but our hearts are stirred. And there's something more. We believe there's something more. We can't just let this guy go. He's still a stranger to us. And stay with us. What am I trying to say here this morning? What do I believe the Spirit of God is saying? My brothers and sisters, I believe the call to abide is going forth. We've been in a season of isolation. Hearing the Word of God online, listening to podcasts. It's interesting how the numbers drastically, majorly increased Easter, and then shortly after, a lot of churches notice they drop down. Excitement's over. Why? The people of God need to be together. We can, you know, there's still a group of people out there that need ministry to, and, 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 and they will be ministered to. 
But what am I saying here today? I sense the Spirit of God is saying he wants to abide with us. Here's the thing. Through this quarantine, and maybe as a pastor, it's not a good judge, but in through this quarantine, my wife and I, we're good. We, we miss the church, but we haven't fallen apart. Come on, somebody. What am I trying to say? I'm saying that, you know, there's a, there's a scripture that talks about, and we'll get into this, Lord willing, next week, that in the last days, hearts of believers will grow cold. Oh, somebody needs to say amen. You know what that means? Thomas Rayner did a, a study 10 years ago. In this study, he said, I'm observing, and pastors are saying, you know, um, we have X amount of members, and we're not losing members. We got a few more, but we have less people. But we're not talking about visitors. We're talking about Christians. See, we haven't been able to meet. And I pray that has done something in our hearts and minds to never go back to a lackadaisical Christian attitude. Can I get an amen? And the truth of it, I'm preaching to the choir here today. You're here. It's amazing how many people showed up. I would have been happy if my wife and I, if five of you would have showed up. That's what I was planning on. All right? We got the front row here. We got the chairs separated. We got the hand sanitized. We're doing what we can, you know? It's amazing. It's amazing how many people are here. Every head bowed, please. Abiding. Abiding. See, the scripture says Jesus continued on as if he were going farther. In other words, hey, I, I, I don't mind kind of chumming with you and we could talk politics and we could talk this, we could talk that, what's going on in the economy, what's going on, this virus, that, and oh God, the riots and all. But what Jesus is looking for is an abiding. And that takes, hear me, hear me church, that takes a passion in your heart. And so here's the thing, here's the thing, here's the challenge. And I mean this in a spirit of love and truth and grace. Has your hunger diminished? I'm not talking about fears, concerns, and you know, I'm not, I'm, I'm talking, has your spiritual hunger diminished the last three months? Or are you good? Are you strong? See, some of you, you just come through. I, I, I walk through the valley of the shadow of death and I fear no evil. But if you're falling apart spiritually and you're grasping, you probably haven't been abiding. You haven't been abiding. Or you haven't invited the one to abide with you. You're here this morning and say, Pastor, it's me. I've fallen away. I, I, I miss, I miss this. You know, there's something, that's why Jesus said for us to gather and not forsake, because there's something about each of us in our lives affects other lives. And they encourage us to go on. There's a season in my life where, oh, I so needed and still do, ever increasing, but the brothers and sisters in Christ to help me in my faith. How many hear what I'm saying? But there comes a point in your life where you should be able to stand. Stand on your own two feet, confident in the Lord to know, come hell or high water, God's got our back. We're going to make it through this. Greater is he that is in me than he that's going on in this world. I will not fear what the enemy will do. My God is a deliverer. Hallelujah. I feel God here this morning. Hallelujah. Oh, we thank you, God. You're here this morning as a pastor. Pray for me. I, I haven't been abiding. We're going to talk more about this, Lord willing, but I, I, I haven't been abiding. With every head bowed, say, Pastor, 
That's me. Just lift your hands up. Nobody looking around. Just, just between you and the Lord. Between you and the Lord. I haven't been abiding. And I want to start to abide. I invite, I invite the one into my life more. To enter, not just as a guest. I invite him as one to dwell. I'm asking for a dwelling. A dwelling. Thank you. Thank you. God bless you. God bless you. Those of you watching my Facebook. Challenge going out to you all. If you haven't been abiding. If you felt your heart becoming cold. Don't let that slip by. Don't ignore that. Allow the Spirit of God to deal with that even now. So Father God, we humble ourselves here before you. Right now in this moment, I just want to pray for those that are listening online and those you here today. And you say, Pastor, I need to get my life right. It's been, it's been, a, it's been a, a, a very difficult time. I'm not just talking just a natural, but just it's been devastating for you. And, and, and you, 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 you're needing hope in your life. Jesus is the answer. If that's you, I want to invite you to receive Christ. The Bible says now is the time. Today is the day. You say, Pastor, pray for me. I want, to, I, want to, I want to be that one that abides. I want to be that one that invites Jesus, not as a guest, but, but to dwell in my life. Pray for me. Let's pray together corporately. Say with me. Say, Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for my sin. Jesus, I give you my life. Now take it. Jesus, fill me with your spirit. Save me. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And friends, I believe if you prayed that prayer in sincerity, the spirit of God is now is taking abode in your life. I want to pray and bless the rest of you here this morning as a pastor, as a as a believer of these, these last few weeks of just in the natural way, I know it's challenging for all of us on some levels, but but you 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 didn't do well spiritually. I'm just gonna leave it at that. And it's good you're here today, or maybe you listen online. That's good, that's important. But you're not doing well spiritually. The first thing I feel the Spirit of God is saying is don't make excuses. Don't make excuses. Just lay it down. And ask the Lord to wash you and cleanse you. And restore you. Restore you. See, Jesus, he's going to continue to move forward. Jesus is a moving spirit. It takes a passion and zeal on our part to say, no, no, Jesus, Jesus, I know you're going somewhere, but come with me. Abide with me, Jesus. Dwell with me. Lord, I need you more. See, that's not a one-time thing, church. Come on, somebody. That is something every day we must do. Jesus, we need you more today than we did yesterday. We're going to need you more tomorrow than we did today. Come on. That's you. Let me just pray a prayer blessing and those there on Facebook and, and all of you here today. Father, I bless the people of God. Lord, we humble ourselves before you. God, forgive us. Cleanse us. Purify our minds and our hearts. As David cried out, create in us a clean heart, O Lord. Renew a right spirit, I pray. Lord, today we stop making excuses. Reasons in our mind and our heart. Why? Lord, today we begin again, fresh and anew. We thank you for your cleansing power. We thank you right now for your presence coming upon your people. In the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, I just thank you. I just release the comfort. 
the comforter is coming. He's coming upon you right now. Many is coming, coming upon you. Just sense him on your head. You sense him. Some of you may even feel just a tingling sensation. You don't have to. You may not have to feel anything. We walk by faith, not by sight. But I, the tangible presence of God is coming upon many of you here today. Those of you listening by faith. In the name of Jesus, when you come to a place where you make up your mind and stop making excuses, you can say, Lord, I draw near to you. I surrender my heart afresh and anew. God will meet you at your point of hunger. Hallelujah. Lord, I bless the people of God today. And I just thank you for them. We thank you for your presence now here in this place. You know, I want to invite the altar workers to come forward. And, and we contacted them before. And they feel comfortable about this, you know. Um, you know, we believe in, you know, the, the, the truth and the word of God talks about in Hebrews that we are to pray for one another. Come on. We administer to one another. That there's the prayer of agreement, uh, and you know there's also the prayer of laying on hands. So, so what? They understand. They under, they know what's going on. They've been they've been coached. But you know what? If you just want to come forward and just stand and just say, can you just pray over us as a couple or an individual or whatever it may be, just a blessing. They don't have to touch you, but if you don't mind, then that's up to you. That's your call. But they are safe people, and they are here for you. Don't leave today without being ministered to. Because I know Satan has not been silent over the last few months. Come on. Satan works overtime on marriages, trying to destroy relationships, trying to bring division and strife and fights and arguments and content. Come on. I know. The devil hasn't been silent. You need to stop that stuff. How do you stop that? You just make a makeup mind and say, you know what? I'm taking a step of faith. And I'm going to allow the Spirit of God into our home like never before. I'm going to allow Him into our marriage like never before. I'm going to allow into my life as a single person like never before. And I'm going to abide. And we'll talk about what that means. Abide with Jesus. Amen, church. Father, we bless the people of God. And I just thank you, all those that are tuned in and those that are here today. We thank you, God. On Pentecost Sunday, the church was birthed. And over 2,020-some years, Lord, the kingdom of God is moving forward. The gates of hell shall not prevail against your church. In Jesus' mighty name and all God's people shouted, amen, amen. God bless you. God bless you. Amen. Thank you.